Welcome to Where in the Folk. I am Reed. This is Cecil. We've got Tully with us, and we are going into episode three about Samuel Little. Let's pick up where we left off. So, um, when we left off, you know, he had what I would call a cooling down period up until September 11th, 1976. Samuel Little, who we've been discussing, had found himself in St. Louis, Missouri, when he came across a Pamela K. Smith. Cut to a 911 call from Pamela, who managed to escape the clutches a little and made her way to the back door of a home nearby. A drug idled Smith was naked below the waist, and her hands were bound behind her back with electrical cord and cloth. Smith told law enforcement that she'd been picked up by Little, who choked her from behind with electrical cords and forced her in the car. From this point, Little beat Smith unconscious and drove her to Sunset Hills, where he savagely raped her. This is the first person that actually escaped from Little and got a hold of the police, called them, let them know what was happening. They found Sam still near his car. And I mean, he was caught dead to rights stuff. Some of her stuff was still in the car. Um, He told the police, though, that he didn't rape her. I mean, it seems like even back then they would have been able to determine whether that actually happened or not. Yeah. But for that crime, he was charged uh, with assault with the intent to rape. And he received three months, three months in jail. I mean, even if he didn't rape her, the fact that he beat a woman half to death and only get three months. I don't know. Maybe he's the luckiest man alive is all I can think. Well, I mean, think of how that picture looked. Woman bound naked from the waist down beat to death. Oh, let's give him three months to think about it. Like, you know that that was headed toward a bad direction. Like, there's not going to be a guy that's going to bound a woman with her hands behind her back, strip her down, and let her go. That I would think. I mean, I guess it happens, but that seems like. Yeah. So, so the reason that all fell apart is because Smith was determined that her lifestyle wasn't good enough for him to to have a larger sentence. She was a known heroin addict and it, I guess it jumped bell and failed to appear to appear in court multiple times. So they were just like, she deserved it. So that would explain how he keeps getting away with everything because it's vagrants basically. It's it's not a, uh, not give a shit about vagrants. It's not a college girl that's working on her degree or, a, you know, from a successful family, it's always the bottom of the barrel. Right. So when little began confessing, you know, we're going to go ahead and start going through little quick hits because his style of murder never really changed. Um, there was a lot of victims. Um, we'll, we'll discuss a few things in detail, but for the most part, you know, everything stayed the same. His MO was basically, developed one thing i thought of is i wonder if how many of these were he actually they were willing to hook up with him and how many that he killed were they not willing and he ended up raping them and killing them 
Um, how many were willing to go with him and how many were not? I think that, you know, it's a blend really like he, he snatched a few off the streets, but for the most part, he meet them in bars. And so the, the first one, he confessed to murdering a woman in 77 or 78. It was found in 1983. Yep. She was likely black between 17 and 35 and her body had been dumped. Uh, down a slope near a fence in a wooded area, and her body was found by a man walking his dog. They only found bones, some clothes, and jewelry. Now, the age discrepancy on that kind got me 17 to 35. How could they? Maybe, I mean, at that point, you've been out in the, the wilderness for, what, five years? Yeah. So her teeth could have even been gone. That's true. Uh, he didn't confess to um, another murder of a 36-year-old Julia Julia Critchfield in Gulfport area in 1978. He said that he dumped her body off a cliff. Um, and then he confessed to a murder of a 19-year-old Evelyn Weston, whose body was found near Fort Jackson. Um, that was also in 1978. Let's see. There was also the one up there in your area by the name of Anna Stewart, who was last seen October 6, 1981, getting out of a cab at a general hospital to see her sister um, at what's now known as the Cincinnati Academic Academic Academic. 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 Why can I not speak like English? At academic at, at the at <laughs> health center. The University of Cincinnati Academic Health Center. <laughs> there was another woman killed. That little confessed to in the Cincinnati area. His name's not known as of today. That could have happened between nineteen eighty and nineteen ninety nine. So he's like, it's happened sometime in within those twenty nine years. Or the nineteen years. Um, Imagine killing so many people you forgot. Like almost details. Like <laughs> I killed her sometime within two decades. I don't know when it was. She was either fifteen to fifty, <laughs> is what he said. She's either fifteen years old or fifty. Although he's from unfamiliar with name, age, date of birth, or anything like that, there was a skinny black woman who lived glasses and lived in the Overrun neighborhood. Okay, so I can talk about that with a heavy Hispanic woman. So over the Ron in Cincinnati today is a super popular area for hipster bars. So really? they've got like a arcade bar. There's an axe throwing bar there, like all kinds of nice restaurants, like five-star restaurants. But before that, over the Ron was historically the roughest part. One of the roughest parts in Cincinnati. And that's that's still pretty recent. It, it, they keep, um, I forget what you call it. They keep buying people's houses and turning them into these bars and stuff. Really? So right now, if you go to OTR, which is what everybody calls it over the Ron, um, you've got all these nice uh, brand new condos that they've built, all these bars and restaurants, and then you get to a Kroger. On it's it's called Vine Street, um, is the street that runs through there, and the Kroger has bars on every window, every door, um, and the, that's kind of the running joke is you don't go past Kroger because 
there was a guy that went uh, went past Kroger one night drunk and ended up having to have his uh, jaw wired shut because he got robbed. So it's still certain, like at a certain point, it's still a rough area, but it continues to be purchased and developed. It's getting absorbed and pushed yeah. out, especially in the eighties. No one would have batted an eye at a dead body on Vine Street. Yeah. I mean, the short time I lived up there, Vine Street was uh, not a really friendly place. Now it is. Now you can go play video games and get drunk and throw axes. I might want to revisit it. <laughs> eat, eat some good food. Well, we need to go out there, in there one day and get drunk and go past Kroger and see what happens. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to Pontiac Barbecue. <laughs> so this is what's really frustrating about this whole thing. Uh, we're talking about when he started confessing in the late 2019s. In nineteen eighty two, there was a really solid chance for Little to be put behind bars forever. In nineteen eighty two in uh Pasca Pascagola, Mississippi, Little was charged with the murder of a twenty two year old Melinda Rose Lapree. Lapree had gone missing in September of eighty two for some unknown reason, or appears to be a recurring circumstance for Little. The case never goes to trial. A jury declined to indict him for Lapree's murder. Why? Why? I don't know. I couldn't find why they did not even indict him. So it didn't even go past grand jury. No. Same deal with the. Uh, see, this is what gives me MK Ultra vibes. Is when you start getting, he gets off on a, a armed robbery case. Yeah. No. He gets off on this so i don't know there, there was that whole theory that it seems there was like basically it seems a group reason he got three months is because there was a witness and he only gets a couple months for you know beating smith half to death yeah imagine if she wouldn't have made it to that house and just went straight to a cop i bet he wouldn't have served any time I bet the only reason he served any time was because of that house she went to, the people were probably like, what the f hell are you talking about? You know? I mean, there is that theory that, cause this is, you know, in that pocket of time where you've got the most prolific serial killers ever to exist. So maybe he was part of that MK ultra group. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Immediately after they decided not to do anything about Lapree's murder, he was extradited back to Florida for the murder of a 26-year-old Patricia Ann Mount. Her body was found in September of 82 as well. Patricia had been beaten and strangled. A witness for the prosecution identified Little in court as the person who spent time with Mount on the night of her disappearance and was seen leaving the bar with her. But due to the mistrust of the witness and the fact there was no credible witnesses, he was acquitted of that murder charge as well. God dang. This dude is brought up for two murder charges. Extradited to a state where he just got off without being even sent past a grand jury for a murder charge. Stand trial for another murder charge. Acquitted. That's a little more than a lucky rabbit's foot. Oh, yeah. For so sure. it looks like the next one's in Covington, Kentucky. Yep. So 
Covington is approximately, if there's no traffic, Covington is probably 12 minutes away from over the Ron in Cincinnati. Extremely close to Cincinnati. The only thing separating Covington is the river, the Ohio River. Um, Covington would be the last exit in Kentucky going that way into Cincinnati. Yeah. So it says that he claimed to have strangled this girl, 5'6", 130, blonde hair that looked like a, a hippie outside of a strip club. There, there were, there did used to be strip clubs in Covington, Kentucky that were all closed, I think, in the early 2000s. Yeah. But I, I, I got it confused with Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Wilder, like Bobby Mackey's, which is one of the most haunted bars in the world, um, Bobby Mackey's might be five minutes away from where these strip clubs would have been. Yeah. Like it, Covington's right next to Newport. Newport's right next to Wilder. You can be anywhere in that area in 10 minutes. Yeah. So this girl was actually looking for a ride to Miami, Florida. And, you know, little hanging outside of a bar up there, outside of a strip club, like, I'll take you to Florida. As he said in his confessions, that was just a grape that he picked. Did you all see those confessions? Watch any of those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He called, he said, it was just an easy little grape I'd pick. Yeah. So he proceeded down south to south on 75 to go to Miami, but he decided to pull over into a hilly area near the highway, which could be anywhere from your area to us. Yeah. And um, where he continued to do what he did, rape and murdered her, strangled her to death in the backseat of his car, then left her on top of a hilly area to never be found again that I know of. Yeah, he goes on one of those confessions. He goes into details on that one, confessing what it was like. Yeah, it kind of struck me that it was probably covered. That it was a hill covered like in kudzu yeah. vines and stuff, real thick vegetation. And if you've ever seen kudzu, like if anything's in that, you're not seeing it. No, like, you know, like I mean. Kudzu is some one of those things that somebody brought back on a trip and it just overtook the area. <laughs> this is what yeah. All right. So after this, after this lady, um, in October of '84, Sam decided it was time for a little change of scenery. He moved to California near the San Diego area, and of course, it didn't take him long to get back to what he did always. Uh, Laura Burroughs was walking to a friend's home on September 26, 1984, when Little came up from behind her and put her in a chokehold. And then he forced her into his car, took her to an illegal dumping site where, unfortunately, he began to torture her just like he did all the other ones. Um, he's He started forcing himself on her, onto her in the back seat uh, by her neck and her shoulders, started forcibly kissing her. Lori starts to push him away. Lil gets very mad and starts to strangle her. This is one of the rare instances where we get into the depth, the depth of who he was. She survived the accounts. But Lori starts that she begged for her life and offered to let Lil do whatever he wanted. And after he began to strangle her, Lil tells her he's not going to hurt her, to trust him, and he loves her. That is insane. Yeah. 
And you know, out of all these women, he probably repeated that exact same thing to every one of them. I'm sure that was one of his lines. He loves them. What kind of shit is that? Like, that has to be like a, I don't know, like a projection of something. And I, I think that ties back to our previous episodes talking about where this fetish that he has with the neck could quite possibly play into his mother, mommy issues. Well, watching some of the confession tapes when he was, they kind of did a speed through of some parts of it. He would literally say, Oh, I loved her. And it's, it was a person he had known for less than 48 hours. Yeah. I don't know that, that he even really knew that he was killing her. No, I don't think that, I don't know that that registered in his mind because these next he'd done it several times. You would think at this point it'd be like, I'm I'm killing this person. Well, You would think so. But then with Laurie Boros, he strangles her, lets her wake up, strangles her, lets her wake up, strangles her, lets her wake up and eventually just leaves her. A lot. Um, but I don't think that I think that he thought he had killed her as well. And this is probably something he did to all of them was to constantly strangling, waking up, strangling, waking up. It was a game to him almost. And another thing, when he was doing the confessions, uh they said the people that were, you know, interviewing him said he would go into a blank stare reminiscing about the details of what happened and was actually literally going under the table and playing with himself. It got him off. And that is crazy. Remembering it and reliving it in his mind was getting him aroused. That's so nuts. (laughs) Like, Like, We try to we try to lighten the mood on every topic we talk about, no matter how horrific it is. But that is, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so and it's horrible. It's horrible to think that you know this person was out there for what seventy years, living his life. How many people out there are like that now? Like to this day, well, the. That that is crazy to think about. I forget how, how many active serial killers do they think out there? Thirty to fifty at any given time. Yeah, usually. Yeah. So, one thing, and I think I saw this in a short somewhere or like a horror movie. <clears throat> think about, like, let's say you you are the top dog serial killer. Yeah, you've managed to evade everybody. You haven't gotten caught, but then. The zodiac, you start to get Alzheimer's. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, think about that. Like, you're an old man in a nursing home somewhere and you just start talking about all these events. Wow. I mean, eventually, if they don't cut that out, because that'd be a good movie script. (laughs) (laughs) If they don't get caught, eventually they're going to be in a situation to where it's going to come out one way or the other, I believe. 
um, unless they just take their own life or something. But that um, that's a good premise for a movie. No, yeah, that is a good premise for a movie. Really, that's wild, huh? That's but anyway, that's I think that I think that even though Laurie went through it, she at least got the APB put out on him. Yeah, finally. Um, because less than a month later, he tried to do the same thing to a different woman, Tanya Jackson. Yep. Took her to the same spot where the police were waiting. The police yep. knew what to look for. Yeah, this was an area where like vagrants hung out, so they were always patrolling anyway. Um, the car matched the description that Laurie had given, and when they approached the vehicle, Little hopped out and said that he was had a fight with his wife is why he was there. <laughs> but then they shined a light in the back seat, and lo and behold, there's a uh, passed out uh, Tanya Jackson who had been beaten to death and had uh, strangle marks around her neck. She was still alive though, and she was sprayed out, you know, completely naked from the from the waist down. He served a hefty sentence for this one. Yeah, a big sentence. They found um, him two and a half years and a half. for both. <laughs> The longest sentence that he would serve during this whole run. Then after he was released in 1987, then he went straight to Los Angeles. Uh, while he was in Los Angeles, he committed at least 10 murders. So at this point in his life, he had been arrested more than 50 times and served around 10 years incarcerated altogether. Maybe after serving his two and a half years, he didn't have any more significant consecutive time for another 25 years. So on July 13th, 1987, little killed a Linda Alfred less than a month later. He killed somebody by the name of Guadalupe Darte. Guadalupe Darte. Yep. Killed on September 3rd, 1987. We would need to note that Lil's long-term relationship with Gene was still ongoing the whole time and she's been there the whole time that we've been discussing this like she's been with him step by step it's very hard to think that she wasn't knowing that he was murdering people would you agree yeah i it being i don't I, it it just boggles my mind that she would have no clue yeah, I mean, and, and it's insane that she would stay with him too after he's been caught and put in prison for rape um, but she passed away in 1988 of a brain hem- hem- hemorrhage. So the extent of her involvement, we'll never truly know. Um, there was another ner- another murder on August 15th, 1989. The victim's name was Audrey Nelson Everett. Um, all of them, Linda, Guadalupe, and Audrey were found in the streets of L.A., so he just dumped them. He killed and killed and killed and killed and served. How many years did he serve total? Maybe like four? maybe 10 all together um like with the like times that he'd be in for a week at a time two weeks at a time three weeks at a time month at a time if you get put in a drunk tank sometimes they'll keep you for two or three weeks you know and he was arrested 50 times that that adds up you know so he spent plenty of time in county so after this happened after this murder in 1989 you know he continued to do this over and over and over again just kept going and going and then on september 5th 2012 little who was now 72 years old was residing in a homeless shelter in louisville kentucky 
He was finally arrested. DNA results have finally tied him to the murders he committed in Los Angeles of the three women we just mentioned. So, um, during this time, they actually reopened Lapree's case, and he was um, under new circumstances and everything. So, he was also being convicted of that as well. He, So, this guy got to live his life as a murderer and a serial criminal just in general until he was 72 years old and he was already basically will bound chair will wheelchair bound by the time they found by the time they arrested him so his life was basically over by the time he got caught he got it all out got it all out he was sent to los angeles and charged on january 7th 2013 a few months later is revealed that he'd been investigated for involvement in three dozen murders committed in the 1980s uh he was tried for for them to get the dna huh I said it's crazy that it took until 2012 for them to connect DNA at all. I didn't even do the DNA. How did they do the DNA? Do you remember? I don't remember. But see, that's the thing. Um, He wasn't like other serial killers who would use weapons or something like that. He always just choked them. It was amazing that they did find DNA, to be honest. Well, some of those people I'm sure they found before they rotted. Cause like, I mean, they found a lot of these bodies and he was raping them. So his DNA would have been at least in some of the cases that they've, they've picked the bodies up. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think part of it though, was they were such lower rung of society people that they probably didn't do autopsies, didn't bother with it. Yeah, you know, as we go through investigating true crimes and things throughout all this, it seems like if you were somebody that was on the, let's say, the fringe of what people accept as a normal lifestyle, back then people, cops and people just did not give a shit. Let's just sprinkle some crack on them. Yeah, legitimately... Is the Dave Chappelle skit sprinkle yeah. some crack and let's go? Like, I think that was the case in most cases, but you, I think that if they suspected a serial killer, yeah, I mean, if you were the person to catch a serial killer back then, you would also go down in infamy for that. So I, I think that was like, you know, shooting a trophy deer, pretty much, yeah. catching a big serial killer. On September 25th, 2014, he was finally found guilty and sentenced to a sentence that was actually good for the crime. Life imprisonment without the possibility of parole, but you know he was 70-something years old, so it was kind of... He only lived, what, eight more years? Yeah, he didn't live much longer than that. He On the day of his conviction, he still confessed to his innocence, but you know, later he began to confess to additional murders, and this started in 2018. Uh, when it was all said and done, he had four murder charges and four life sentences without possibility of parole. Um, then while he started confessing, it came up that he confessed to around 93 murders. And they ended up getting connections, solid connections to at least 60. At least 60 so far. So they're far. still working on it. Yeah. 
So that would put him down in my books as one of the most notorious, nefarious serial killers. We've prolific, most prolific. And he was eighty years old when he died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was. He died. I mean, he essentially got away with all. Two thousand twenty. Yeah, if you don't get caught until you're eighty, you pretty much got away with the whole deal. Yeah, I mean, he. That's exactly what happened. He was old, decrepit. Couldn't do this thing, these things anymore. It's so and it's time really, the system failed all of these people. Did the system fail all these people, or did the system work out exactly for who wanted it to work out? Well, the system was definitely benefiting him the whole time. Yeah. It's just so suspicious because, like, Manson, you know, he had some petty crimes. He didn't have nearly as many as this guy. No. Um, what if what if he started talking about the wrong stuff and that's why he got unalived? Well, I mean, he was 80 years old. He had all kinds of health issues and stuff. They didn't release a cause of death. They didn't really investigate it too much. But I'm I think- just thinking, like, if he was involved in, um, you know, not just to stand, not just him standalone, but if he was involved in a group or an organization and he started talking about the wrong thing, that could have got him dead real quick. Like, yeah, we need to convict him now and get him locked up. Yeah, exactly. It could have very well been because there, I just don't see a world where somebody can be arrested 50 plus times and pull less than 10 years like and serious crimes like it wasn't like he's still in bars out of his local double church. double rape and battery and armed robbery got him less time than a sack of meth would get somebody yeah way less time like it doesn't make sense the whole thing and that's where the conspiracy part of me always wants to go to like because i feel like there are some of these people that commit these horrific crimes that are known by people that's all over the place. Like Ed Edwards, he was probably known by the government or oh, yeah. not even the government, you know, by these elites or whoever they may be and just <laughs> continue. Like, I mean, here's the thing. That's also 11 years after the Homeland Security Act. Yeah. So after 2001, these alphabet agencies could track everybody with metadata. So, you know, as I'm sure he still used cash and stuff, but I can't imagine like, you know, every homeless person that you see downtown now, they all have cell phones and stuff. So I, I don't know. I feel like with today's technology, there's no way that a serial killer could be completely undetected. Even if you, even if you did the traditional deal where you're completely anonymous and you're traveling constantly, yeah. your phone would put you in each location. Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to Samuel Little, I've never heard a, so far in what I've heard in documentaries I've went through in my life, I've never heard of somebody getting by with so much. 
Yeah. Well, did you hear about, uh, this is in the same topic, but different. The imagine being the perfect killer. Like you do everything right. Let's say you don't have a cell phone. So you're, you're traveling without cell phone. You're using cash. You're dotting your I's, crossing your T's, but you have a, a cousin who decides to do 23 and me (laughs) (laughs) and they end up getting you popped because your cousin does 23 and me and they know they call them up and they're like, Hey, do you know anybody in Idaho? (laughs) Yeah. My, my creepy cousin lives in Idaho and they end up catching that. That was very recent. Who was that? They caught like that. It was like two weeks ago that happened. Uh, it was the guy that did the murders in Idaho. It was, it, it was in Idaho. Idaho, yeah. Oh, so it he, was like his. It was like his aunt or something, and they called him like, "Do you know anybody in in Idaho?" And she's like, "Yeah, my creepy nephew lives in Idaho." Yeah, that's how they called him. I didn't know that's how they caught that dude. <laughs> oh wow! So think of the implications. That was a big conspiracy theory. They were like, "Oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. They're not collecting your data on Twenty Three and Me." <laughs> and now they're linking all these killers up because the the twenty three and Me companies or the DNA companies are complying with these requests to link up DNA matches. Sixty confirmed murders and ninety three suspected murders. Yeah, and that's Samuel Little. I'm sure this is a topic that we'll probably touch again in a couple of years when some more information comes out, clean up some things as we kind of rush through. Um, but I mean, there was really not really much. I think that's some meat and potatoes. I mean, there may be some more details, but that's, I feel like there's a pretty good record minus any, you know, conspiracy aspect. And there's a lot of conspiracies running through my mind when it comes to them. like uh, like just the the fact that he got by without any real time kind of trips me out yeah i have a friend that was in jail for prison for eight years just for beating somebody up like i mean he was what 35 35 years is that right yeah i mean longer really yeah god my anyway um that's (laughs) That's been the Samuel Little series. Um, if you you know if you have more information, feel free to comment it to us. Um, like I said, I'm sure we'll cover it again in the future when more information comes to light. Once the books wrote and the movies come out, if they ever do, um, he doesn't seem to really be taking any theme by hold. Um, We've got some some excellent content coming out this year. Uh, be on the lookout for merchandise. You can catch me and Tolly every Friday for the most part. <laughs> Show up every now and again. Reed will show up when he feels like it. Show up when he feels like it. I'm watching. I'm almost at watching Weird on um, Weird Awakenings, which is part of the Weird Realities realm. Um, with a Y. With a Y. I always misspell it. So how do you spell it? It's W Y R D, and then Realities as it's usually spelled. That's on YouTube's, Twitter's. God, um, it, I, every- it's everywhere as far as that. The Friday Night Live show, it streams on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, um, you name it. And you, fans. 
But if you want to join in on the conversation, join on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube. Yep. And just comment away. Comment away. If you're a dick, we'll have you removed. <laughs> unless it's unless you're a hilarious dick, then we'll keep you around. <laughs> and uh, you know where to watch us, everywhere you can watch videos that's been pre-recorded. <laughs> and you can hear us anywhere that you can hear podcasts. And thank you for watching us because we're watching you. Thank you.